0: I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at bjshow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. Executing things perfectly, never making mistakes. That's me, Brad. <laughs> okay.
1: Sometimes you, do, you know, You know what, Brad? Sometimes if you're not happy with the original rack, just go get a new rack. Yeah, you we just re-rack, re-rack
0: it, re-rack it. Okay, uh, last break, we finished up talking about the new senatorial bill. You call it that Senate bill, senatorial, whatever. The bill that Bernie Sanders has put into the hopper, which essentially would put warning labels on food, more warning labels, and essentially... It's stuff like warning. This can cause you to become obese. Is not that what essentially the yeah? So e- are? no,
1: it's even better than that, Brad. So Bernie Sanders has written it's better than a bill. The FDA has is in a process by which they're it, they're considering in what they're calling front of package label rule. So requiring that that consumer package good companies. So when you buy your pack of Doritos, for example, it would have a f- a, f- a clear black border label that says. This product contains high levels of salt, which have been known to cause XYZ. Now, what's be- – what the great part of that about that, Brad, is that as I understand it, the FDA can just issue that rule and, and the Senate doesn't – the Senate and the House don't have to vote on it as I understand it. So what Bernie Sanders did is to add insult to injury. He re- sent a letter to the FDA that said, look, I know you guys are doing this process, but you're not going far enough. And his example is he says that – he says, quote, tobacco labels in the United States do not say high in tar, high in nicotine, high in carcinogens. They say cigarettes cause cancer. So what he wants is not just Frito-Lay to have to put a label on that says Doritos contain high levels of salt, processed foods, whatever, whatever, but that say Doritos cause cancer. Doritos, excuse me, not cancer. Doritos cause obesity. Stop eating Doritos, you know, so this is and again This goes back to we talked about this a couple a couple weeks ago The Biden administration and the left will do whatever they can to take attention away from straight-up inflation and blame consumer Packets good manufacturers the grocery industry whoever they need to and so This is how they're going to tackle obesity by by slapping a label on the front of your Doritos
0: Okay, I will tell my own personal uh, background on this. I've done this several times. The first time I did it, and I will tell you my stupid story of when I graduated from high school. I weighed one hundred sixty-two pounds. Okay, six foot two, one sixty-two. I was sort of a skinny (laughs) guy. Two years later, when I'm in college, I weighed 3.10s, almost doubled in, in, in size, okay? Why was that? It was because of the fact when I was in high school, I was very, very physically active. I was uh, played sports. I was in marching band. I had a job three nights a week where I was a curb boy at Steak and Shake. I ran all night long. You know, I was very, very active. And once again, energy in, energy out, okay? Yep. Um, hold on a minute. I lost... I went down from, I went from 162 in high school to college, 310, then over the course of about six months, I went from 310 to about 190, okay? How did I do that? Nothing but fast food, okay? I've Mm -hmm. done it within several times. I've documented it on websites. Little McFreddy. I didn't, you know, I'd be honest with you, I I started, I, I didn't complete that one, but I had the, 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 uh. Kids menu challenge, the fast food me, where every single day I documented what I ate, and all I did was go to fast food places. I, matter of fact, I had when I did the the kids menu challenge, all I did was eat kids meals. I went to McDonald's every day, I had a kids meal at McDonald's, kids meal at Burger King, kids meal. That's all I ate. And when I did the fast food me uh, challenge, the fastfoodme.com, um, I got to make sure they're still up. Um, all I did was eat fast food, and people go like. There's no way. There's no way. Go back to this goofy movie, the thing where where Supersize Me, and I can't remember, what's the guy's name? You might know this guy's name. Uh, I don't remember who it is. I know who you're talking about. He did this movie where essentially he, every time he went to McDonald's, and the key was, would you like to supersize that? And he always said yes. Okay. Once again, I give the example that if I went to Whole Foods, and if you said to me, Brad, You know, let's go the other way this time. Instead of losing weight, let's see how quick you can gain weight. And you can only buy stuff at Whole Foods. I could put on 20 pounds in a month at Whole Foods. I could put in in a year, I could put on 100 pounds eating nothing but Whole Food. Once again, it's not about what you eat. It's the quantity that you consume. Yep, you're absolutely
1: right. It's calories in, calories out.
0: I give the perfect example. And this is my stupid example I give all the time. If you go to the gas station and you have a gas tank that has, let's say, 10-gallon capacity and you're down three gallons, you put in three gallons worth of gasoline, the little clicker clicks off on the the nozzle, you're done, okay? You get in your car and you drive around the block and you want to put three more gallons of gasoline in your car. You can't because the gas tank has a finite capacity. It has a finite volume. It doesn't change as opposed to your stomach, which shrinks and and expands all day long, okay? And the idea being is that your mind... And you know anybody who's who's had to lose weight, and you know it's to the point where there's a mental challenge, a physical challenge, the whole bit. Almost feels like sometimes if, when you start a diet, feels like you're like you're 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 going cold turkey on cocaine or something like that. Yeah. And once again, it's all calories in, calories out. It's basic thermodynamics. Now. I do understand that there are some foods that have more of an impact on people, and once again, it's individual thing. You know, some people respond more uh, if they it's eat. It's genetic. Genetics certainly plays a right, far part. Right, right, and it has to do with what what part of the world you're from, because we all heard the stories about what they call the Mediterranean diet. You have all these people who you know are 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 essentially in the Mediterranean Sea area of the world over there in Europe, uh, between Europe and Africa, and they eat like crazy. The French people eat all this fancy French food. And drink wine And drink every wine. Night. And they never gain any weight, you know, because. And it's all because of olive oil. If only we had better fats, you know. Well, but but see, once again, the crazy thing on this is it has to do with what kind of food you eat. But more importantly, how large your portions. I mean, yeah. here, let's be honest. If you go to Golden Corral. You don't see skinny people there, right? Let's be honest with
1: you. Right. you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. There, <laughs> That's a great point. And are. also, so, so to go back to portion control, like I'm not, bi- not going to sit around and eat a bunch of cookies. But before I go to bed, I love chocolate. I might take a bite of one Girl Scout cookie. Like, for example, this week. I might take one bite of a chocolate Girl Scout cookie. I'm not going to sit down and eat a cookie or four or five. It's, it's absolutely
0: portion control. Okay, John, and I will tell you how bad I am, okay? Within the last, eh, I won't say how long ago, within the last year, someone knew of my fondness that I have for Girl Scout thin mint cookies, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, and this particular person had, I guess... I can't remember who it was. Their neighbors or somebody who was selling Girl Scout cookies. And they bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies to try to help out this girl. And um, they bought a whole bunch of different ones. And they bought quite a few of Thin Mints. And they were giving them out to people they know. This person gave me a box of Thin Mints, okay? Mm -hmm. And I drove back to the office. By the time I got to the office, the Thin Mints were gone. I ate an entire box of thin in route. He mid- ate the whole thing in route. Yeah, in like maybe twenty minutes.
1: So, first of all, I've just reported this conversation to Bernie Sanders, <laughs> right.
0: and you will have authorities from the FDA at your door very shortly. Brad. Right. See, but I have no control. Now, here's the interesting thing: I go back to my single days when I graduated from high school, one sixty-two. Two years later, I weighed three ten, and then I moved into an apartment by myself. I lost all the weight. You know how I was able to do that? Portion control? I had no food in my apartment. (laughs) <laughs> well, that helps, too. No, zero, no food. If you open up my refrigerator, there was like a bottle of Jack Daniels that somebody gave me, and I wasn't much of a drinker, and there was some you know, some cans of Pepsi and Mountain Dew, and that was pretty much it. Okay? I had no food. So, yeah. in other words, so I you couldn't... didn't have the opportunity to overindulge. Right. And if I wanted to eat something, I had to get in a car and drive somewhere. Okay? And a lot, a lot of times, especially at night, people are terrible at night where they snack, they sit there in front of the TV set. I mean, what's happened at all the Super Bowl parties? You know, everybody you know, they, you know, they stop them. So, oh boy, you know, people bring things over and the
1: exact, let me interrupt, Brad, the exact example that you're saying. So I heard about the story, by the way, to give credit, get heard it from Emily Evans, who's on the call that I listen to every day from, you can go there, hedgeye.com and Emily Evans used that exact example yesterday. She said, so she said, just think about the warnings at your Super Bowl party. So imagine if the FDA walked through your Super Bowl party, Brad, any given suburban Super Bowl party, and you saw a, <laughs> a bowl of Doritos, a bowl of chips. You're Like, imagine the freakout that that the FDA would have if they saw the average Super Bowl party.
0: Well, but look at Bernie Sanders. Does he look like a fashion model to you? Bernie's, right Bernie's got a gun on and him. And
1: also, this is the interesting thing, too. And we mentioned this on yesterday via a text message between us, but it goes back to the idea – and Emily mentioned this on the call yesterday as well – the idea of Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is trying to find a way to get Obamacare to pay for – the ACA – to pay for Ozempic and these other diabetes drugs that are also used for weight loss. And Emily's point on the call was that insurance carriers are, f- are going to freak out about this. Like – the idea that we could start using these diabetes drugs for recreational weight loss and have the and have the ACA pay for it is if you're an insurer, you're like heck no, and that's when you draw the line and say this whole Ozempic weight loss fad has is is going has gone way too far.
0: Well, but but look at the situation, like for example, and once again, i I'm, 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 I'm an old guy. Okay, when I was in my younger years. I played baseball all the time. I mm-hmm. rode my bike everywhere. Matter of fact, my bike was like my best friend. I, I lived on my bicycle. Yeah. And back in the day, you know, even though my mom and dad, I want to say, weren't like super overprotective, but they to the point where, like, I would leave, you know, sometimes, and you know, I mean, like, you know, you hear these stories, and my mom, and you dad leave were, in the morning. Right. And I wouldn't come back till the streetlights came on. You know, yeah, I know that course. sounds like people go like, oh, okay, it sounds like some something from Norman Rockwell. Well, that's the way it was. You stayed yeah, out. You, they didn't have to worry that you were out being a ne'er-do-well. Right. And if I were at my friend's house, my friend's mom would cook us lunch, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Now what happens, where do the kids spend most of the time? Inside. On a computer, on... Staring at an iPad. Right,
1: on an iPad. And you know what they're doing? They're shoveling food in their face. And Lord knows how often they brush their teeth or
0: floss. Well, but but see, once again, we've changed. You go back and look. I think this is probably the interesting thing. I remember, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, but I remember watching, I guess, a couple years ago, um, a a a, or a previously recorded episode of the Lawrence Welk Show. Did you ever watch the Lawrence Welk Show? No, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, Lawrence Welk was this guy. He had this accent. I can't, He was from Bavaria or something like that. <laughs> and he talked like this. And we want to rock the boys. And a one, and a two. And he had this sing-songy kind of voice. And he was a conductor, and he had this Lawrence Welk orchestra. And they did a TV show where they had a studio audience, and they had a dance floor. And one of the things in the Lawrence Welk at one point in time at in, in one section of the Lawrence Welk show the people got on the floor and danced now we're not talking like doing the Watusi or anything like that we're talking like sort of you know cheek to cheek kind of you know like the ball- oh, yeah, for sure. ballroom kind of dancing not like over over flamboyant like the ballroom kind of dancing but you noticed one thing all the men and women were very slim and trim. Every last one yeah. of them. Yeah. You go back and look at pictures of the old ball games, like like 50s and 60s. Was just gonna say that, Brad. And and you watch the You look at the. You know, like at the at, at the old Sportsman's Park. You know, and then Bush Stadium number two. And you and even even back in like the early 60s, men would show up for the ball games and they would wear wear a coat and tie and their hats they would have their hat on and the women would be in dresses you know and what do you notice they're all slim and trim there's no big fat people you know they're all you know little you know you know small people hey and and let me interrupt the other thing is
1: i'm old as a gen x guy i'm old enough to remember when i would get on a plane brad and the stewardesses could easily fit between the aisles do you remember that? Do you remember when a stewardess would be would have not the hip width of you know someone that needs a lap belt extender, but a stewardess could actually do a full three hundred and sixty degrees within within the range of the aisle. John, it was amazing,
0: John. There are women all over St. Louis who listen and go like, I can't believe he just said that. And
1: the, and you know what they're saying. <laughs> Thank you, John, for paying homage to me, who I have not let myself go. I am a woman who's not let myself go, and I can easily fit within the aisles of an airplane. Thank you, John, for paying homage
0: to my hard work. And no, they're more importantly saying, Brad, give out John's address because <laughs> he'll be there. Oh, where does he live? We'll set up camp on his front lawn, and we'll show him a thing or two. And uh, you know
1: why they're out of luck, Brad? Because it's an AMI day thanks to the Francis House School District, so Dad will not be inside the house today. We're going to be outside of the house,
0: baby. Is, is that again going on today?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and good Lord willing— There will be enough technology that students can come to school tomorrow and actually look at a chalkboard and learn from a teacher.
0: We, didn't talk, we need to talk about that tomorrow. Put that on the list for tomorrow, okay? We will. It'll be tomorrow. We have to get out of here. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering, and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T, John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John John Show, can you handle it?